previously at the Macarius Avenue. Praise God. So last Friday, we started with the, our partnership with Christ. Hallelujah. We are continuing from where we stopped. That's how the services will be. We start on Friday, we continue on Sunday, then we meet up again. Glory to God. So let's go to the scripture that I used on Friday. Let me. So Romans chapter 8 is our base scripture for that. Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8, verse 16. It said, The Spirit itself. Now, when you read the King James, King James uses itself. The Spirit of God is a personality, so it is not an it. It is a him. So the spirit himself, other versions correct it. I don't know whether this is NKJV, but King James say itself, other versions say himself. So we choose the himself because of the personality of the Holy Spirit. The spirit himself bear witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. And if children, then heirs. That is how our partnership with Christ begins. Our partnership with Christ begins firstly by being born again. If you are not born again, you cannot come into partnership with Christ. So he says that, for, uh, I think 15, the Spirit it himself buried witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. Immediately you get born again, the, nothing changes physically about you. But something happens on your inside. And what happens on your inside and how you get to know that you are a child of God is that the Holy Spirit will bear witness with your spirit. Hallelujah. If you do not have that witness in your spirit, you are not born again. And if you die, you will not make it to heaven. So if you know that you don't have that witness in your spirit, I have to pray for you now. How many of you know that you are a child of God? You know. How many of you think that you are a child of God? Oh, thank you. You know that you know that you are a child of God. Glory to God. And if children then heirs, he has brought us into partnership. Hallelujah. Partnership, heirs of God and joint heirs. We are not co-heirs, but joint together with Christ. If so be that we suffer with him, then we may what? Oh, I can't feel you in there. Then we may also be glorified together. Say, I'm a joint heir. With Christ. Say, I'm a joint heir. With Christ. Now, give me amplify, then we come back here again. I'm just giving you basis from Friday night. And if we are his children, then we are his heirs also, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, sharing his spiritual blessing and inheritance. When you come into uh, this joint heir system with Christ, you share in all the blessings that Jesus has, 100%. It means whatever Jesus owns, you own. That is why when you are asking God for something, you can go in the name of Jesus. Because if it belongs to him, then it belongs to you. Glory to God. 
Jesus died on the cross of Calvary and redeemed us from every sickness, poverty, every attack of the enemy. That is the spiritual blessing we share. And if we share that, you should never have a spiritual attack. If you have one, then you must go and attack the enemy because we are on the offensive. Can the amen be louder? Say, I'm a joint heir with Christ. Now, with that basis being made, anytime there is a partnership, there is a mingling together. That's why partnership is very, very, very uh, good, but can be dangerous. It depends on who you are in partnership with. But to be in partnership with Christ is a safe partnership. Hallelujah. Because he's not going to cheat us. He's not going to take from us. He rather wants to even give us. So when two people come together, we say we are going to put them together in holy matrimony, meaning that we are putting them together. And the man of God will pronounce, from now you are husband and wife. Hallelujah. And husband and wife, they are no more two. They have become one. That is why if you are gossiping about somebody's husband to the wife, you are not serious. Because the two is already one. I'll show you something very soon so that you should know how you are dealing with married people. When they sleep on their marital bed and they wake up, they will betray you. Hmm. Look at somebody and say, be very careful. <laughs> Can I get a very big amen? So the two has become what? So if you see Brother Joshua and Sister Lauren, they are not different. It's two. So you can't say, I love Brother Joshua, I don't love Lauren. You are a joker. It's two. Anytime you see Joshua, Lauren is with him. She's so invisible, but she's there. Because in the mingling together, they have become one. <laughs> oh, my goodness. The same way our mingling together with Christ makes us one with him. Hallelujah. That's why even Jesus is so mingled together with the Father that he said, I and my Father are one. So anywhere Jesus goes, the Father shows up. So you don't need to see the Father. Jesus said, if you have seen me, then you have seen the Father. If you've seen Pastor Isaac, you have seen his wife. That is how it is. Clap your hands for the Lord. <laughs> so now we are mingled together with Christ. Christ is not here on earth, but we are his representatives. So if people are looking for Christ, they look for us. So the Bible says we are written epistles, being read by many. So somebody is looking for Christ, he's looking all around, but he has to find Christ in you. So our mingling together, what Jesus does is that Christ now comes to dwell in us, and we also got to dwell in him. So there is there in him, and there is there in us. So we are in him, and he's in us. And what we are doing in him, he's doing something different. And what he's doing in us, he's also doing something different. And it is a mingling. You cannot separate me from Christ. That is the understanding Paul had. And so what shall separate me from the love of God, from the love of Christ? Is it death? Is it money? Nothing shall separate me from Christ. If you are in Christ, you are in him eternally. Can the amen be louder? Look at someone and say, nothing shall separate me from the love of Christ. Even your marriage, sometimes you find it very hard to leave. 
no matter the trouble. Sometimes you wish you could live, but the level of commitment and the investment you have made, you cannot live. How much more in Christ? The man that died for you, he's never going to leave you nor forsake you. Can the amen be louder? Now let's look at some of the things that he does in us. Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8 verse 10. And if Christ be in you, The body is dead because of sin, but the spirit is alive because of righteousness. He says that when there is that mingling together, when it comes together and Christ comes to live in you, this your physical body is dead because of sin. And this body is a sinful body. You are in a transition for in your salvation, not a transition, a metamorphosis. If you, those of you did small signs. So metamorphosis, so it is not one day. Look at someone and say, I'm not going to change one day. Say, what, what you're expecting me to, it will take me my lifetime. Oh, you are not telling the person. So you have to take your time for me. That is why marriage can be one of the most dangerous places anybody can be. Very dangerous. Because you could be somebody that it can take him his whole life to change or her whole life to change. Some people may change when they're about to die. And if you're in their macarrow, they may die 97, 98, 100. So it means that your forbearance and your long suffering is <laughs> going to be for a long time. Hey, that's somebody, it's not easy. Oh. That's why I see all these young people playing with love. They don't understand this love thing. Love to pay your heart. I'll talk about it. <laughs> Clap your hands for God. <laughs> and if Christ be in you, though the body is dead, my British body is dead because of sin. It will take time. The Bible is to wait, our bodies will be redeemed. That is when, when Christ comes, that is when we'll have a new body. But as long as you are in this body, the body is dead. But you see, it's sin that makes it like that. But you see, the revival starts from your spirit. So he said the spirit is revived, is alive because of righteousness. And the righteousness is not my own righteousness. It is the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. So the righteousness which Jesus has imputed on me makes my spirit come alive. And my spirit is alive means my spirit is awakened to the fatherhood of God. I know without a doubt that God is my father. Some people see him as a God they serve, but me, I relate with him as a father because of righteousness. So Muslims are not righteous. They are serving a God they call Allah. Maybe it may be the same God, I don't know. But to us, our God, you must come to him through Jesus. Because it is Jesus the righteous that revives your spirit. And when your spirit is revived, you are awakened to the fatherhood of God. And that is why we can cry, Abba, Father. Can the amen be louder? Spirit is because of righteousness, which he provides. He's the one that provides that righteousness. Let's go. 
And if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you, he will also what? He will raise Christ Jesus from the dead. Will also give to your mortal bodies through his spirit who lives in you. He will revive our mortal bodies. So Christ is in me, meaning that though my body is dead because of sin, my spirit is made alive because of righteousness. And because my spirit is made alive because of righteousness, anytime I awaken to that reality, I can have power over sin, meaning sin shall not have dominion over me. I have the ability. So somebody said to me, I don't know what comes over me. Every time, by the time I realize, you have not given yourself up. We can be praying for somebody to change and change and change. The person may not be changing. Because the person himself has not decided to change. God will not break your will. If you decide that, Father, from today I'm going to change, God is ready to help you out. He's ever ready. Can the amen be louder? But most often people enjoy what they do, but they don't want to be caught. So when they are caught, they don't like they being caught. So they'll say, okay, from today I have changed or the troubles that sin is bringing. But they really wish that in their heart, they are still liking it. So that is why they are not able to overcome. You can overcome every addiction if you give yourself to Christ. And say, Father, I release this part of my life. I release it. As I release it, break me free. And he will break you free. Say, I'm free indeed. Say, say, Christ is in me. And he's revived my spirit because of righteousness. And your spirit becomes alive. Alive means that now the guy that is walking around dead to God can hear God. You cannot hear God with your senses, but you hear God with your spirit. Hallelujah. And my spirit has been made alive through Christ. And thank God for him. Can the amen be louder? Galatians chapter 2 verse 3. Galatians 2. Galatians 2 verse 19. Let's read from verse 18. Galatians 2. Go back to King James for me. Galatians 2 verse 18. For if I build the things again which are destroyed, I make myself a transgressor. For though the law, for I do the law, I'm dead to the law, that I might live unto God. For I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, not yet I, but Christ liveth in. And the life which I live now, in the flesh, I live by the faith. If faith is not there, then the necessitment is not correct. Because somebody said, the life I live, I live by Christ. And we are seeing your life is not the Christ life. But they say, I live by faith. Meaning though it looks like I'm not living the Christ life, by faith I can overcome and begin to live the Christ life. So I live by faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. He said, now that you are born again, the life that you are living in this flesh, you are going to work, you are praying, you are doing, they say, you must live by the faith of the Son of God that is living inside you. 
So Christ is in me. I allow him by faith to take control over my decisions. Allow him by faith to make me make the right decisions. Though I want to travel to America, but Christ lives in me, I will not go because I'm looking for greener pastures. They say there is a job. When I go and do it, I will become rich. Many have destroyed their life because of that. If they have stayed in Manprobi, they would have been prosperous. They would have been living in Shalom. Because one of their friends traveled to Canada and took a picture. But the, picture, the person took the picture when they did their hair. Because most of those people outside, they cannot do their hair. You don't know that. Because you do your hair outside, it's like $200. Change it now with the exchange rate now. Will you do your hair for 2000 No. So it's when they are coming to Ghana, they go and do a whole makeover. They buy sprays, and when they get it, Kotoka, they are coming, you say, wow, Canada bed there. Living in a small apartment, going to work 12 hours, coming in. They don't even have time for themselves until it's the time appointed of God to relocate you into that place. You realize that he put things in place. Tell somebody, wait for the appointed time. And we are able to wait for the appointed time because we allow Christ in us. He is in us. So he should take a hold of all our being and begin to lead us into his perfect will and plans. Can the amen be louder? May Christ live. May Christ's life inside me. Help me to overcome my own ambitions. Verse 21. He said, I do not frustrate the grace of God. For if righteousness come by the law, then Christ is dead. He said, because of that, I've received grace, but I do not frustrate the grace of God. You can frustrate the grace of God. You can frustrate the grace of God because God's grace can be so much upon your life that you're not using it as much as you can. You can for, for, uh, frustrate the grace of God also in the sense that God cannot give you more room. Oh, grace abounds. So you take the grace for granted. Oh, God understands. Even if I don't pray, mm, he understands. Even if I don't fast, he understands. God doesn't understand. You are taking the grace for granted. So Paul said, I do not take the grace of God for granted. The grace that God has given me, I'm going to utilize it. I see somebody, you are utilizing the grace of God in a proper way. Can the amen be louder? In Colossians chapter 1, verse 27, to whom God make known what is the riches of the glory of this mystery among Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory, whom we preach, warning every man and teaching every man in all wisdom, that we may present every man perfect in Christ Jesus, where although I also labor, striving according to his working and worketh in me mightily. He said, Christ inside you is the hope of glory. So immediately we came into partnership. He came to dwell in us to give us a hope for his glory. Now I was reading Colossians 1. To whom God made known unto what is the riches of his glory in the mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Jesus came with hope. Thank God for Jesus. Hey, thank God for Jesus. So when Jesus came, blind people saw that was the hope. Now Jesus died and is gone. Where is Jesus? He came to reside in us. And as long as he's in us, there is hope. 
If you are sick, there is still hope for healing. Because Christ still lives. And even he's living inside right you. If you were born poor, you can still become rich in Christ Jesus. Because there is still hope. Give somebody a high five and say, your case is not too bad. There is still hope. See, hope is more powerful than faith. Faith is for now. Hope is for tomorrow. If I have hope, I can have faith. Can I get a very big amen? amen? That is why what the devil does to sick people is that you come to the place where you are in a place of despondency. You have lost hope. And when you lose hope, you die. But when hope is still alive, not the hope in anything, but the hope that Christ will still come. Jesus will still come. Will come to my aid. He will meet me at the point of my need. Then I can still see the glory. Though my body may be sick, I can still see glory. Though my finances may be down, but I can still see glory ahead. Clap your hands and shout glory to God. Say, I still have hope in Christ. Say, I've not lost it at all. Hey, somebody has lost their hope. Say, I prophesy hope into you now. I don't like the way you are prophesying to that guy. Shake him and say, hey, 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 hey. Receive hope. How many of you are losing hope in life? Hey, you can lose hope. Oh. It's like you have prayed, you have fasted. It's like, it's like somebody said, I've done all I have to. You have done all you have to. But have you done all that you need to do? They go to uh, exams and you say, answer five questions. You can do two. Two is all you can do. <laughs> the fact that you, that's all you can do doesn't mean that you have to pass. You need the five. May God open our eyes to know what we should do and the ability to do all we can do. Can the amen be louder? Now let's look at what you are in him. Second Corinthians, Colossians 1.14. Today I want to close early. Colossians 1.14. In whom we have received, in whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins. Who is the image of the inv invisible God, the firstborn of what? Mantio. Creature is what? <laughs> Everything, you included. Who, okay, let's go back. Go back for me. Who had delivered us from the... Uh, did you go back? What delivered us? Where is this? Or when he go back to my scripture, Colossians 1, verse 14. In whom we have redemption. Now that you are in him, you have received redemption. Redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins. Without forgiveness, you and I cannot make it. Thank God for forgiveness. He said, whom we receive the forgiveness of sins. We have to learn to receive forgiveness. Now, I told you that it's more dangerous that God will forgive you and you cannot forgive yourself. Some people cannot forgive themselves because they think that I shouldn't have, but you have. Okay. I shouldn't have. A who me? A who you? <laughs> you have messed it up. You have messed it up. Okay. And your messing up shows the frailty of your humanity so that you can always look unto Christ. That Christ, thank you for redemption. Because if it was me alone, I'll keep blowing it up. But thank you that you are strengthening me day by day. Can the amen be louder? 
When it comes to sin, willpower cannot stop it. It takes the blood of Jesus. It takes what Christ has done on the cross to break you free. Can the amen be louder? In whom we receive redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins. Ability to receive forgiveness. That father, I shouldn't have slapped that guy. You won't say, Father, I promise that I won't slap him again. The full morning, your, your humanity will come back again. You'll give it to him. But thank God I'm being strengthened day by day. I receive forgiveness. I stand. Father, thank you. Thank you in the name of Jesus. May you receive forgiveness. In the name of Jesus. Say, I receive, I receive. Say, I receive. He said, who is the image of the invisible God? The firstborn of every creature. Hallelujah. For by him we were, were all things created that are in heaven, that are in the earth, visible, invisible. Whether there be thrones, dominions, or principalities, or power, all things were created. And say, I am for Christ. Acts chapter 17, popular scripture 28. For in him we live and move and have what? And have. In him we move, live, and have all of a being that now that I am in him. All my being must be in him. I marry in him. I do business in him. I must have the in him consciousness that I'm in Christ. I cannot just take any business proposal. If it's not going according to my faith, I can't do it. Can the amen be louder? I can't hear you. In him we live, move, and have our being asserting also of your own point. Paul had met some guys. And this was their, their own poets that were put it there. And Paul now had to coin this thing and say, ah, you people are saying what we actually have. Because in him, we in Christ, you in your God, but we in Christ, we move and have all our being. And now that you are in Christ, all that he's doing for you, he expects that partnership that you also, as he's doing it for you, you also do it for him. And that is where we take the love of God for granted. You can take love for granted. God can so love you that you can take his love for granted. And many a time, those who receive more love are the ones who take love for granted. Love is painful. If you have never been hurt, it means you have never loved very hard. That is why a father can raise his child, love him, and the guy will get up and turn his, against his father. And his father will keep forgiving him. It's not because the father is a fool, but the father knows a certain kind of love the boy does not know. Hallelujah. So you see, fatherhood comes with pain. Pain. Because that is where true love is. You can so love your wife and your wife will take your love for granted. You can so love your husband till your husband takes you for granted. And most of it, in marital partnerships, is the women that suffer more. Because the man is supposed to have capacity to forgive more. But it looks like women forgive more than men. Men will behave and expect that their wives must forgive them. They demand it. You know, I'm a man, I've made a mistake, you must forgive me. If the wife made that same mistake, would he forgive? No. Men don't forgive cheating. They don't. 
But when men do it, they will sit you down. You know I'm a man. Ah. And sometimes when the woman is saying, eh, you know, eh, it's your fault. Ah. I took you there and removed your panty for you. No. Well, it's your own fault. Okay, let me not go there before somebody will In him we live, move, and have our own being. You got to take responsibility for your own actions. You can't blame anybody. But one time when we receive so much love, we take it for granted. Look at how God, what manner of love has the Father bestowed on us that we should be called the children of God. God so loves you. When you know in the Lord you did something, God will give it to you. Now there is grace. Sometimes we take it for granted. You can go a whole week without prayer and still God will still provide. So you take it for granted. And God's heart is hurt. He said, look at my son. But he said, oh no, God understands that this week I'm very busy. But God wants you to still come into that throne room and still have some koinonia and some fellowship. Can the amen be louder? Say, Father, may I never take your love for granted.